Can we open this meeting with a moment of silence for all the drug addicts that are still out there somewhere? <laughs> you, you just said uh, that your water turned out a little frosty. Yeah, I don't know what happened to the water. Back years ago during Prohibition, an African-American preacher got stopped by the cops, and they checked his trunk, and they found several gallons of uh, liquor. And they asked the preacher, says, now, Reverend, he says, how do you explain this booze? You know it's against the law. He says, the law done done it again. Turn the water into wine. You are on one today. <laughs> you really are. Uh, <laughs> you I, had, I had had so much fun since the hogs ate my little brother. <laughs> I I know that you're wound up when you're wearing your Jason Statham beanie. <laughs> Hey, that's right, Will. It's more, I'm up to date. Scott Eastwood's got the latest on the beanie. He's really? got the beanie. You oh, really he... like that new Scott Eastwood oh, movie. Oh, man. I, I You've been of, raving about it since I got home. I'm kind of hot for Scott Eastwood. He's a cool dude. He's a good-looking guy. I'm not gay, but if I sleep with somebody, it'd be Scott Eastwood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, we got that settled. <laughs> Let's yeah. move along. Well, thanks for putting on this fire, and uh, we're, we're doing another back backside fireside chat. <laughs> this a fire. Yeah, Franklin D. was doing the fireside chats. <laughs> of course, you know when he gave that famous speech, this is a day that will live in infamy. He'd had a sinus infection that day, and they had to pump him full of cocaine. <laughs> they said he was so coked out it wasn't even funny, but it cleared his sinuses. It'll do it. So are you the coked up F- <laughs> FD no, in this analogy? No, no, I don't mess with that coke stuff. Those Chinese are trying to kill us. They're trying to put fentanyl in our coke. Okay. We well. had good clean coke up until the Chinese got in the deal. <laughs> All right. Let's be easy with that. Okay. All right. Moving right along. <laughs> uh, it's going to be back here in Kansas City. Uh, it's it's very mild weather for this time of year back here in, uh, well, we're in Missouri right now. And uh, Dad just, uh, you know... He just took a chainsaw to to all this uh, this wood, and it's pretty incredible. You better be careful. It's Here's all what up. I think of masks. Masks come in really handy. I have a lot of use for masks here in Missouri. You just got gas all over your legs. It's a little dry. It does blister though in the hot sun. Only out here one time is all. He's a nice guy. He said, Now, Ken, you can't put anything in your fire pit that you wouldn't put in your fireplace. Well, I'm pretty liberal in my fireplace. Just having fun, folks. Just having fun. Yeah, if it'd been any warmer, it'd been in my boy shorts. I tell you what, it's so nice. With- <laughs> Where do you get these expressions from? <laughs> 
I tell you, my favorite movie was that. What was that deal on the Vegas? But the, the cops, that guy, the cop that wore those boy shorts. Reno nine one one. I love Reno. Yeah, I love Reno yeah. nine one one. Yeah, that yeah. was one of my favorites. That was a fun, fun show. <laughs> it was a very funny show. Uh, we were talking about you. I mean, you've sold cars for so many years. <laughs> Uh, we were telling about uh, some stories uh, this morning about you flipping cars and stuff like that. Do you want to do you want to talk about that again? Well, I asked you earlier this morning. I said, "Do you remember that morning we were getting ready for church?" And of course, I got up early. I'd always go get the six o'clock. Get six o'clock. I'd go get a newspaper and read the want ads. I went and bought three Honda Civics all before church time at ten forty-five. We made church on time, and then Sunday afternoon we went around the. the the, the various parts of Kansas City picking up those three Hondas. So I've been buying and selling cars since uh, old Shep was a pup. Yeah. <laughs> you went deep into memory. You closed your eyes there. I thought you were about to pass out on me. Well, after all this chainsaw work and splitting this wood, I tell you what, I could choke and croak on you any time now. <laughs> You you do your daily naps still, right? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I gotta get the naps. See, I get, I get that from you. I I can take a, a fifteen minute nap and feel like a brand new person. <sighs> yep. Same here. It's called a power nap. My wife, I let her drive everywhere ever since. Of course, I totaled out her car, and oh, she's man. never forgiven me for it because she the airbag went off on her side. <laughs> that probably made it a little so, more personal. So she, so she was in the car when it happened. Oh yeah, I, I was fine, but the airbag popped on her side. She said. <laughs> And she sat and cried in the car for 15 minutes. Well, I had two wonderful, delightful African-American ladies in the other car that I totaled. I didn't total their car, totaled mine. But uh, they were sitting there in traffic. And I, I knew good and well if I didn't get out in front of them, they were going to get hit by another car. Because, so I had to leave my dear bride sitting in the car weeping while, while I directed traffic around these other ladies that were sitting out in traffic did, in their little Hyundai. Did you cause this accident? Well, I didn't cause it, but I participated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never cause accidents. I get involved. You're, right, you're just a bystander who I'm, happens to get involved. Well, yeah. I had this fine man and said, wave me through. I was, this is a gap in the, the, the owners of a little dip in the road. I, the dip I didn't account for, and the car was in the dip, and they were speeding because they were wanting to go get a margarita at the little restaurant right down the corner. Sure. And he waved me through, and of course he didn't know that they were coming real fast. I trusted him, and don't ever trust somebody when they wave you through. Don't ever do that. This goes, guy waved you through, yeah. and that caused the accident. He somebody else going says, like this. Yeah, waved me through, and then I popped him. Boom. That guy should freaking pay for the accident. Well, he disappeared pretty quick. Oh, I'm sure he felt guilty. <laughs> well, he, he. I don't even know if he knew what happened, but he had to if he looked in his rearview mirror because there's yeah. crap all over the road. Yeah. And my wife's sitting in our wrecked Mazda, or not Mazda, our wrecked Acura. Told yeah. her out. But you know what? God is good. Moved us up to a Lexus, <laughs> two years newer for $7,500. So what can I say? Everybody ought to total their car and get a new one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the Lord I know who's upgrading the from Lord, Acuras to The Lexuses. Lord does provide. <laughs> Man. So... No, we're not in California anymore. I was just out there, and I'll tell you what. You talk about a crazy place, although I'm starting to see tent cities here in the Midwest now. We're getting these homeless people. I think oh, they're, yeah. they're leaving California. They're coming to the Midwest. So there were some. So I don't think you ever saw the rest of the episode of Scissor Bros after we got done recording no, I, that I, night. No, I, I didn't. So after you left, I was planning on taking you to the comedy store that night. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't, I didn't know that. 
Son of a butt. You knew that I was going to take you to the comedy store that night. What did I? What was the problem? I don't remember. I was gonna. I was gonna show you the comedy store. I was gonna show you my name on the wall. Oh, I was gonna give you darn. a tour. But see, that gives me something to look forward to next. Because I, I swore I'd never go back to L.A. again. Now that I know there's more to see, you're you're famous. Because people wanted me to ask you about it because I, I got my feelings hurt a little bit. I was gonna. I, well, I was, I, there's not many things that I'm proud of in L.A. that that I want to show people, and that was. Well, and I was. I want to show my dad do to, the comedy to store. To all your loyal listeners, I must apologize for not. Enjoying the full realm of the extent of your the wealth of your experience at the comedy store. It's the most half-assed apology I've ever heard. You couldn't care less whether you went or not. I, I, I'm going to now that I know about it. It's going to probably ruin my day. But no, I I think you might have said something. But I was hey. California has a way of just kind of messing your head up. Sure. By the time sure. I fought through Korean town and Hispanic town to finally find a place where I could buy some additional marijuana, <laughs> I, I was pretty rattled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My dad, he went on an exodus to find uh, marijuana, and I was like, you could have just let me know ahead of time. We, I, I, I know enough friends. I could have just asked your wife. <laughs> yeah, we know enough people who, who would have gladly been like, oh, oh I, I can smoke your dad up? Great. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, next time I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll think ahead on that deal. We, no, we were just kind of exploring. There's part of me that just loves to explore. I've gotten in a lot of trouble with it over the years with my wife. I'll disappear on her. We'll be at, I was in Denver, Colorado Springs one morning, and there was a little kind of a riverbed behind our rest, or behind our uh, hotel where we were staying. And I proceeded, I proceeded to uh, kind of go exploring, and I, she was pretty shook up about it. And sometimes I leave my phone. Usually when I go exploring, I forget my phone. It just well, you, to, you lost the phone recently, right? I've lost my phone many times. <laughs> the, the questions, but it always finds me. She had a locator on the phone. It was a new phone. Hadn't put the locator on it, so it's gone. Well, I remember when I was a kid, you used to lose briefcases left and right, and Mom would get really upset because she'd buy you these nice briefcases for your birthday or Father's Day or different things like that, and he would put it on the roof of the car, and then he would drive off at these different sales calls, and then it would be destroyed on the highway or in the middle yeah, of the I had a wonderful notebook of letters of recommendation from all these people that had bought systems from this company I work for, and I spent quite a bit of time putting it together, and then I left it on top of my car one night. After a long day in sales, taking care of feeding my family, which I tried to do the best of my ability. Oh, you did a great job! <laughs> all, all all of us turned out pretty good, and we were always we are always fed and 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 grateful for uh, the 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 work that you put on the table. You you uh, there, we have an infamous Watkins family story that uh, for Jonathan's birth, didn't you pay for that in cash? Yeah, I. I uh I'd always, you know, I've been in the car business, and I was a little shady, and unlike now in the last 30 years, I've tried to go clean, but I turned a number of odometers up until Jonathan's birth, but I, I promised the good Lord and, and the family that I would not do anything more illegal in the car business. When Jonathan was born, I did sell, I now I did, up until he was born, I did turn some odometers. We created some instant... Now, now how did you do that back in the day? Like, how would oh, you well, do that? This was analog. A digital because changed all that. The, the, the famous scene that everybody kind of thinks about is 
is that scene in Ferris Bueller where he's trying to put the car in reverse. Did yeah, that ever, well, anything that, like that ever that, work on those cars? Jack it up in the air, put it in reverse, and leave it running overnight. Uh, I've heard that. I think a lot of that's hogwash. How did you do it? I did it professionally. I learned the, the I'd go under the dash. <laughs> oh, professionally. You went under the dash? <laughs> well, yeah, pop the odometer out. And, and then, then you would just go. No, no, no. It's not that simple. They're little, they're little uh, stays in between each uh, of the. You have a series of rotary numbers back. Okay. This is for digital. Yeah. This analog. So you have rotary, little rotors with one through nine on them and five across. And then there are little dividers between them. And I learned how to disconnect the little clip that held the dividers. And then I would spin the numbers, put the clips back on, put her back in, goes nope. And lose fifty thousand miles and add thousand so dollars for the value of the car. Yeah, how much? What was the biggest price margin that you got b- between like the miles of like shaving some miles off of a car? Well, if you take a hundred, you know, back in in the eighties, a hundred twenty thousand mile car was considered high miles. Nowadays, you know, now that people have gone honest and you have digital, uh, it's not uncommon to see a two hundred thousand mile car advertised that's still in good condition. Yeah, but uh, so uh, what was the question again? <laughs> Uh, what's the biggest price margin, well, basically, that you, you or could, the best well, like right, profit you've made right, off of off of doing right, that? So you take a little car that that you know you might have bought at what you thought was a fair price, and you could make maybe three or four hundred, five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You knock it back from one hundred twenty thousand back to seventy. All of a sudden, you've made it worth five hundred, a thousand dollars more. Okay. So wow. yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. At the time. But I've, when Jonathan was born, I never did turn another odometer back. I did buy a car that had a defective odometer, and I had to buy another odometer for it, and I turned it forward to the correct miles just wow. to make it accurate. You're paying it forward. <laughs> <laughs> paying it forward. And then, then the Lord blessed you from an Acura to a Lexus <laughs> years later. <laughs> well, that was just the way that, you know, that's the way it happened. No, I would say give a plug for the insurance. The key to the, the secret to that was having insurance 20% that pays above the value of the car. Or a little, you know, anybody with insurance, pay that extra few bucks to get the 20% value added. So that way, whatever your car is worth, your insurance company is going to pay you 20% more than what, what it's worth. You have any more shortcuts or like things of advice of uh, if if anybody's like uh, trying to sell cars or what you used to do back in the day? Well, in in buying a car, I learned that you know the secret to getting a good buy on a car is is beat them up on the phone. You got to beat them up, and if they won't come down on the price on the phone, you you always tell them you know you know I can't pay that much, but would you take so and so? If they'll come down on the phone, they'll come down again when you get there in person. Ooh. If they won't come down on the phone, they won't come down in person. Dadu's buying and selling tips. Look into it. <laughs> but as far as, as selling a car, uh, condition and appearance is, is, is vital. Uh, people buy, you know, if you, the cars I made the most money on were the cars I liked. Uh, a turd's a turd. Uh, a famous car dealer I worked for, he said, you can't make a, 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 you can't make a lady out of a whore. If a car's a bad car, you can't make it good. <laughs> And it was called a three-strike car. You never buy a car with more than two strikes. Three strikes, you're out. If it's got high mileage and it's a good car in beautiful condition, you'll make money on it. If it's got high mileage and it's, and, and it's uh, you, it could even have high mileage and damage, but you just don't want to get more than two strikes. Yeah. Because that's one too many. Uh, I want to, there's this one thing that I, that literally every time I see this in a movie, I think of you. Uh, it's these scenes where these commercial air ducts that people use to crawl through in schools and banks and different stuff like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know it, and it's all BS, pure and simple. 
Oh, you heard it here. It's now, now my baloney. dad is going to explain and debunk that that's it like one of the one of the biggest uh, and and dumbest things in Hollywood movies. That is the most consistent thing in so many Hollywood movies, mm-hmm. and it's the fakest thing out of all of them. Of all my dad did years of AC uh, heating and air, and explained to me and the audience why that's not a real thing. Of people crawling through the air vents is what we're talking about. That big air vent would be something you might see in an industrial maybe in a huge factory but in a in a, a normal let's say a mini mall a strip mall a, a, a strip shopping mall, center an elementary school an elementary school a bank the duct work to supply the air to the individual rooms is not large enough to support and not just size you're talking a 200 pound person in a metal duct that's 26 or 28 gauge metal it ain't gonna happen you're gonna fall through it you're gonna fall through it I literally every time I see that in a movie, I get annoyed because I think of you. <laughs> well, my my favorite, of course, is Boondock Saints, where the brothers come down on the ropes and and they kill everybody in the room because they were swinging on the ropes through the ceiling and yeah. fell, fell through the ductwork. And that was really just if they had been if the ductwork had been big enough, that was true to life. They would have fallen through it, right? And they, and they caved in, caved in and they fell down. Okay. Yeah, that was that was kind of halfway realistic. Other sure. than that, all this the other thing you'll see a guy take. A, just open up a, a vent and, and crawl in the vent. Vents aren't that big. They're just not. Because, let's face it, security is a big thing in any any commercial environment. Nobody's going to have a jewelry store with ductwork big enough for somebody to crawl through. The, yeah. This wouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That <laughs> is a Hollywood thing debunked here on Jeremiah Wonders. <clears throat> now, do you have a favorite child? <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one I'm with, you're my favorite child, of course. <laughs> you're the biggest politician that I know. Uh, oh no, you're all my favorite. It's just like God loves us all in different ways. And he puts up with me, and he, he, I think he loves. I think I'm his favorite child. Who would you say was the hardest out of uh, Jonathan, Janessa, and I uh, to raise, and who is the easiest? Oh come on, you know the answer to that one. <laughs> I got fixed after my daughter, my second daughter was born. Uh, I couldn't handle like I can't do this again. She drove me crazy. Right, the one I love dearly, and giving me a grandson here in March, guys. I know. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be an uncle for the first time <laughs> uh, through my sister. Uh, I'm, I'm an uncle through my wife's my wife's family, but my dad also. He always says, "If it's not." Blood is not blood. Blood, blood. <laughs> man. I'm Italian. Blood. Hey, blood. <laughs> Are you excited to be a, a, a grandpa again? <laughs> yeah, because they're, each of them is going to be so different. I mean, yeah. I have no doubt this one's not going to be anything like the other one. They're going to be two cousins. I'm excited about my kids, my grandchildren having cousins because my children had no blood cousins. We have no blood cousins. A very, very odd series of events that led to us not having uh, any first cousins. Yeah, my, my mom had nine sisters and two brothers, and my dad had uh, two sisters and a, and a brother. I don't and, think I was aware that Grandma had that yeah, many siblings. Yeah, was, yeah nine, How come I only met one of them? They'd all died. <laughs> well, they that, died would make sense, that, would make sense, that would make a lot of sense. I only met uh, Aunt Dolores. Aunt Dolores. And Uncle do, you Charlie. Remember, do you remember the axe story? Speaking of... <laughs> speaking of axes? Yeah. What, what about the act story oh wow well that was when mom was that well i remember mom's got a crease on the center of her head right is that from aunt dolores oh she was chopping wood and had a double yeah you don't want to cut with a double tell, blade tell the act, story yeah unless with somebody behind you it's not a good okay, idea okay so grandma's yeah. cutting wood right yeah. mm-hmm. and then what she's, happens she's cutting wood and i guess she just went back a little too far on, on the swing and didn't know that my mom was behind her and the axe blade caught her right above the eyes right in, right in the crease of basically and, where you get a frown line eventually 
and you know, my mom went on to become a minister and a missionary and a Bible school teacher. And I guess the good Lord didn't want her to come home yet, because if that accident had been traveling about another two mile an hour, she would have been had her head split open like a watermelon. Do you remember that story that Grandma told about her being a little girl and uh, her? Because uh, Grandma had a couple of really good like angel stories. Oh, you want me to tell you that? I one? would love to, for you to my, tell that one. This is a true story. My mom's older sisters, two of them were out uh, working in like a truck garden. They were out hoeing, probably hoeing the butter beans down Mississippi. Back in the, this is probably back in the 30s. Uh, they, um, women and girls back in those days wore dresses. They also worked in the field barefoot because shoes were kind of special. You might have a pair of shoes for Sunday and during the week, he went barefoot as a kid. And uh, so they're barefooted. They hear horses coming and the girls not knowing who was coming and embarrassed about being seen with being barefooted. And they might've been a little dirty, probably were dirty too. And you know, girls, as you know, always worry about their appearance. Most guys don't. And so they went into little shacks. These were kind of like those little pink houses you hear about in John Cougar Mellon camp, little houses, row houses, probably at one time were slave quarters, if the truth were known. Uh, they were old shacks. Uh, and so they went into one of these shacks and hid, but they looked out the window. It was an open window, no glass in it, so it was open so they could see clearly. Uh, three horses, beautiful white horses, uh, appeared down on the, on the path. And men all dressed in white were on the horses. They went by. The children ran home and told their mother about it. And my grandmother, that I never met, she passed before I was even born. She said uh, that what you've seen is something supernatural. And uh, they no sooner than told her, and they got a call from the, the neighboring farm. I guess it must obviously it was a stormy day, a thunderstorm, a lot of, a lot of storm activity in Mississippi, Tornado Alley probably. But anyway, storm, a rainy day, um, and they got the word that a little girl had been struck by lightning at the exact time they saw those three men on horses. True story. So, basically. They were coming to get that little girl and take her to heaven. I think there were three angels coming to take her soul to heaven. I do believe with all my heart. Wow. Have you ever felt anything supernatural or anything paranormal before? Because you've told me a couple things. Once I felt it uh, when when my daughter uh, was killed in a car wreck. At that same instant, right before I got the phone call from the hospital, within minutes before, I was doing body work in my garage. I still remember a black RX-7, the old-style RX-7s back in the 80s, working on a car. And I had a powerful sensation that what if God were to call on you today? And I immediately, so I'm not worthy of his presence. I'm a sinner. I'm not, I'm, I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. And, and that feeling no sooner had passed over me than I got a phone call. They said, come to the hospital immediately. I said, what about my, I, what about my family? What about, of course, the baby I was concerned the most. I said, what about my baby? I said, you've got to come to the hospital right now. And my daughter had been killed in the car wreck. So that's the closest thing I've ever had to a supernatural experience. Yeah. Any uh, paranormal or anything like that? No, but my, uh, Janessa, your sister, swears that she's seen... A friendly ghost called he. She even gave her a name of Ella. That no, she no, no, was, that was not a friendly ghost. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Well, you tell me. You you may know the story from Janessa better than I do. She th- this this girl was uh, this ghost was uh was haunting Janessa's room, and she had to name uh the Ella. ghost Ella. Ella. Yeah, yeah. but she, she would see that ghost in broad daylight at that house. Really. She would scream in the middle of the day, and I'd go, Janessa, what's going on? 
And she's wow. like, I just saw the ghost again. This is not uncommon. Uh, the great uh, songwriter, of course, Charles Wesley, wrote hundreds, literally thousands of Christian songs. His brother, uh, Charles Wesley, or John Wesley, was the great founder of the Methodist Church. They were haunted by a ghost in one of the houses they lived in. And they were had numerous encounters with uh, a supernatural experience. You, like that. you told me that one time when you were sleeping in the basement at the at the at the Maple House, that um, you felt a presence at the edge of your bed. Oh yeah, I was uh, had had left. Uh, I was in the, the children's bedroom, sleeping on a little, one of the single beds, and uh, I saw a a figure seated at the end of my bed. It had to be at least seven feet tall. Appeared to be. He was seated, and he was that tall. Se- seated, well, yeah, but you could tell. You by could how, tell, like how. Yeah, he was extremely tall, and he was just seated at the end of my bed, and it was like he was on guard. Now he was. I believe I have a black angel. I really do. I, I, he, this, he was is, and I don't. I didn't feel any fear. I don't think it was anything. I, I don't think it was an evil presence. I believe that it was a. It was at a time I was going through a terrible time, in my life. I forget which crisis I've had a few, <laughs> but in, during this one, uh, I felt the presence, just the calming presence of this this person, like I was being guarded by this giant, this big. Uh, I didn't get any detail. I didn't see angel wings or any halos or any uh, aura or anything like that. But there was this presence. You didn't say sup dog or anything like that. What? You didn't say sup dog or anything like that. <laughs> no, you're the cool black angel. <laughs> but I believe it was. You know, That's so dope. Maybe it was. Maybe so. Uh, That's so cool. Oh my this, goodness. This, these these occurrences, are, you know, are, are not uncommon. I mean, my wife uh, Jana had. Uh, she saw her husband after he died. The day after he died, she saw his what? presence. Mm-hmm. Really? You'll have, you'll have to ask her about it. Yeah. yeah she saw Kurt. Mm-hmm. The day after? And this happened down in the Virgin Islands. I knew the minister personally. His name was uh, Reverend Dixon. He had a maid, and her, and her name was, uh, uh, I forget, um, let's call her Rachel. And she would, back in, and this is back in the 50s and 60s, they would take a dried coconut and cut it in half, and the top half of it was like a brush. It was a very dense, coarse material, and they would use it to polish the marble or tile floors, trazo. And they would put wax on, they'd polish the floor. And she would do this for them. That was one of the duties she performed as a maid. And she died. He preached her funeral. He came home like a lot of people did in the islands back in the 50s, and he was probably old enough to appreciate an afternoon nap. He and his wife decided to take a nap that afternoon. They heard the door open in her bedroom. The maid entered, she got on the floor, she polished the floor with that bristle, coconut brush, the entire floor got up and left. True story. So these things happen. Do you remember, um, remember the pastor at uh, our old church uh, of how he was gonna meet his wife? Do you remember that story? The Ouija board. No, I haven't. I don't think I heard this story. Uh, Pastor, the the one at uh, uh, the right by OCH, that church. Our, Tro- our Pastor first church. Troyer. Yeah, Pastor Troyer. Really, and a Ouija board. Yeah, you don't remember I've this story. Heard, I've never heard the story. What was his wife's name again? Faith. Uh, Faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was. So the story, the story that I remember hearing as a kid is that he was in college, didn't know about Ouija boards or anything about it. He and his friends just discovered it, thought it was a board game, and they started playing it. 
and he asked the board what what's uh he said uh what what's gonna be uh my wife's name and it spelled out faith hmm. i did not know that yeah well, we know that if you even look back in the Bible, I mean, witchcraft was, of course, it was outlawed uh, when uh, in, in the Israelites, the children of Israel, witchcraft was considered uh, ungodly and illegal, and it was outlawed. In fact, the sentence for witchcraft was death. And yet King Saul, at the end of his reign, uh, he was in trouble. Samuel had been the faithful prophet uh, to, to lead the people of Israel up until they ch- decided they did not want a prophet to lead them. They wanted a king. So the, God granted their request, gave him King Saul. King Saul had a very uh, checkered, uh, his, he didn't have a faithful uh, service like King David did after him. And King Saul, at the end of his reign, right before he died in battle, he tried to resurrect Saul. He went to the witch, he, although witches were illegal, he dressed up in disguise and went to see the witch of Endor. The witch recognized him even though he was in disguise and said, why are you coming to me? Because it's illegal for me to, a witch, you, the sentence for witchcraft is death. He said, I must talk to Samuel. She brought Samuel back from the dead. And we don't, now was this Samuel? Was this an apparition? Was it a spirit? Uh, the experts will argue that. The theologians will argue what the, what happened, but anyway. Do you believe, do you believe in that? Like, if if let's say a Ouija board, somebody's using it and they're trying to contact somebody from the other side, do you believe that you can talk to spirits and stuff? My dad had a good answer for that. I I don't know that I even have a, a firm answer. My father used to say about ghosts, if they're in heaven, they don't want to come back, and if they're in hell, they can't. And I love my, one of my favorite quotes is an African-American comedian. I believe you have a lot of African-American connections today. Well, I do for some reason. <laughs> well, I, I'm, a, I'm the Oreo cookie here. I have an African-American neighbor on both sides of me. I have an African-American neighbor on both sides of me. So, yep, I'm, I, I have a strong tie into the connections African, to the community. But um, he said, I don't believe in ghosts. Which you probably heard. You ever heard this quote? Mm-mm. He said, I don't believe in ghosts because he said there's ghosts. The ghosts are the slaves that come back and fuck you white people up. Who said that? One of the famous uh, comedians. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I, who would it be? It might be Chappelle. It wasn't Chappelle that said that. But it, <laughs> You just get started going down the list of black college. You know. No, it was Bernie Mac. No, 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 no. 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 Uh, it was uh, Richard Pryor. No, no, no. No, um, Richard Pryor. Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Eddie Murphy's my favorite, though. He's Is a, he? Oh, yeah. I used to love the skits he'd do on Saturday Night Live. I kill the landlord. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kill the land. And I loved it. He'd get his own little bucket. Of course, I got my bucket. I mean, my bucket there, oh, yeah. Jeremiah. Let me grab it. I got my Salvation Army bucket. I'm the real deal. He would get a fake bucket, and he'd get him a little Santa hat, and and he'd get a bucket and say, he'd, he'd raise his own money as Christmas time. He had his own little thing going. But anyway, this is a plug for the Salvation Army. I do a little bell ringing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm skipping. My son's in town today, so we're playing hooky, and we'll make it up probably tomorrow. But, yes, uh, I know that by the time you hear this, uh, Christmas has probably just recently gone by. But the Salvation Army is feeding hungry people. So I'm putting a plug in. They can use a donation. That's all. That's all I got. Well, that's great. That's that's our first ad read, and this is our second ad read right here. <laughs> okay, here we go. You want to take it Je- away, Dad? Jeremiah Wonders is brought to you by Sheath. Sheath or Sheath? Sheath. Sheath. You had like a banana hammock, <laughs> Jeremiah? Sheath underwear. 
Explain, Sheath, in your own words, how much you love yours. Keep your <laughs> no, balls. You don't, you don't read that part. Oh, <laughs> keep your balls off your leg. You oh, don't no, read that part. No, no, you read that. You read okay. that. You keep. don't. You don't. You don't tell the audience to explain why you love Sheath in your own words. Okay. Well, do we read this? Or yeah, not? No, yeah. Keep reading it. Keep reading. Keep it. your balls off your leg. No more self-adjustment in public. Two pouches, one for your dick, one for your balls. Keeps your gun separate from the ammo. It's supportive. Oh my gosh, I'm a son of a buck. I'm getting a regular sideshow here. Supportive, so much it practically pays child support. How much do the ladies like them? Loves them so much, she insists that I keep them on during sex and before and after. The idea for Sheath came from its founder, U.S. Army soldier Robert Patton, during his second tour in Iraq. <laughs> Sounds like the real deal. So yeah, when, do I get, when do I get my sheath underwear? I'll, I'll, I'll make on. sure that Robert Patton sends my dad to do some sheath underwear. Robert Patton. I hope you're related to General Patton because General Patton is one of my favorite generals. General Patton says, don't you be a hero. He says, you kill that other guy. You kill that other soldier on the other side, and you let him be a dead hero. You come home alive. Let the other man be a hero. I love Pat. I love Patton. That's about He's old school. <laughs> So if you're related to Patton, God bless you, Robert. You're on a good deal. What else? Oh, verbatim. <laughs> Is that me? Okay. Go to sheathunderwear.com and use promo code Jeremiah to get 20% off your first order. Every order comes with Sheath Underwear's 100% money-back guarantee. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code Jeremiah. Get Sheath Underwear and let them support your, your balls. balls. <laughs> All right. All right. You killed Sweet. it. Sweet. You killed it. Good deal. We did a Salvation <laughs> Army <laughs> ad read, and we did a Sheath Underwear ad read. Hey, Dadu, what do you know about VPNs? Well, I didn't know a thing about them until yesterday. I Googled it, and now I know everything there is to know about them. I'm all pumped about VPNs. What do you want to know? <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm new to VPNs, so can you tell me, like, why maybe you should get a VPN? Privacy. Security. Not anonymity. These are the reasons. If you're a right-wing extremist like I am, you don't want the gov government checking out everything you're saying, flying over with black helicopters and going by with recording devices, scooping off your internet. This sounds like the way to protect people like me. Oh, well, that's why this episode of Jeremiah Wonders is actually sponsored by NordVPN. Wow, really? I, yeah. I'd heard about them. And I guess gamers also, they want to get a fast transmission. They don't want any interference good signal gamers are big on vpn now yeah yeah and i'm a gamer i'm actually in a gaming chair right now you can actually grab nordvpn's cyber month deal by going to nordvpn.com slash jeremiah or use code jeremiah to get up to 73 percent off your nordvpn plan plus a bonus gift do you know that hey say where'd i sign I, or am I, are you, I want one so it's what i have to do to get one what would i tell you if NordVPN is going to give you a year subscription for free because you're my dad do. Well, that'd be fantastic. And and when I think about a, a deal I got into, we had money transferred into our account, we thought. The man yeah. said it was transferred. It didn't show. Long story short, I was didn't know if he was going to put out a hit squad and try to kill me for that money. And if I'd had a VPN, it probably wouldn't have happened. But as it is, we did eventually get it straightened out, and I'm still here to talk about it. But no, 200,000 was floating in Mysterious somewhere until it finally ended up where it was with. And, and you drink coffee almost every day, right? 
Uh, pod at least. <laughs> yeah, pod. You, yeah, well, you, you know what's crazy about NordVPN? It's actually equivalent to buying a cup of coffee just every month. It's a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to vast amounts of entertaining content. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee if NordVPN is not for you, so there's no risk, actually. If I could keep the government out of my jammies and the banker happy, that's what it's all about in life, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Well, I don't, don't get me started now, on that. Also, yeah, I don't know. Does it it, also, I don't know. I th- go ahead, go ahead, sir. It, it also shields uh, people from finding out if you're going to naughty websites. Isn't that cool? Oh, I had no idea. I never even thought of that. <laughs> Son of a bug. I think I nearly want one now. No, I'm kidding, of course. I'm a happily married man. Life's good. But anyway, yes, everybody that's fooling around on the internet better think about a VPN. And let's say we're visiting, let's say we, we go to Europe together and uh, we want to watch Netflix when something drops uh, and it's in a wrong time zone, right? We can use a VPN and access it in whatever time zone we want for exactly when that drops. So there's like a lot of benefits to having a, a VPN outside of security and privacy. It's also so you get to choose the region where you're surfing the web from. Well, wow. So if I go see Stevie's folks up in North Korea, can I take my VPN and dodge the North Korean internet? I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. VPNs are meant for North Korea. Uh, <laughs> I want one. <laughs> so go to nordvpn.com slash Jeremiah and get up to 73% off your NordVPN plan plus a bonus gift. Dadu, thanks so much. And I'm glad hey, that NordVPN is going to give you a year for free. Son of a gun. I can't wait. Y'all, God bless and God bless America. Well, I love you. And let's get back into this episode of Jeremiah Wonders with my dad, do Ken Watkins. I'm going to probably not tell my major. I have a major at the Salvation Army called Major Kirk. I get it. I call him Captain Kirk just for kicks. And when, how does he respond? Oh, he loves it. He's got a great yeah, sense yeah. of humor. He loves it. Good guy. Good guy. But to put in 33 years in the Salvation Army, and he's retiring in June, they're going to have a big dude blowout for him in June for his uh, go, his uh, retirement. How long have you been volunteering for Salvation Army? Seems like you've been doing it for a while. Uh, yeah, I started doing it last Thanksgiving, and I fell in, I just fell in love with it. The people are so friendly. And actually, I've got a, an ulterior motive. I, at first, I was going to use it kind of as a platform for running for office. I thought I'd run for mayor here in Raymore. But I'm working on bigger things now. I'm thinking president. I think I'll go. I think if you if you uh, decide to run for president, I think you get uh, some funding of some kind. I'm checking into that. You're going to try to run for president? Why not? Why not? Well, I, <laughs> I, just, I guess let's just launch my campaign officially right now. I'm running for president of the United States. I figure if a Looney Tunes, <laughs> if a cardboard cutout can be president, and if a, a a guy that can't keep his mouth shut can be president, and a guy that goes to sleep all, all, all the time, Reagan slept through the presidency, his wife ran it, and Clinton, we know Hillary ran the deal. If you can do it, the main thing is you just let somebody else do the work and you just kind of be the, the fun guy. I just want to be the front You just man. want to be the front I just want to be have fun. Yes, no well, Monica Lewinsky's though. No, no, no Monica. Lewinsky's. Well, you're also starting a heating and air company, right? Yeah, we figure. You got some side projects. Yeah, I got a couple things going. You know, you got to <laughs> keep busy. My dad has always had some things going. <laughs> you got to keep busy. I mean, yeah. What the, What do you want to do? Sit around and watch TV till you die at seventy two? No, nope. I'm planning on living another thirty years. So I hope you do. I, I'm gonna go. I'll settle for twenty twenty five. I want you around for as long as possible. Obviously, <laughs> That's all right. Obviously. Uh, well, I'm blessed when I hear about people twenty years younger me dying of cancer and man this 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 uh i'll tell you what this this prostate thing gosh i check my prostate regular make sure mine's okay but 
<laughs> I do a daily prostate exam. You do, you do a lot of self-checks? Yeah, I do, daily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. to. You, you, got ever, to. you ever have your wife uh, do any? No, she's... With her fingers or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> she's not into that like I am. <laughs> I heard... I so funny. I work for a guy. He says, yeah, he says, we have finger condoms. My, and my wife uses... I said, hey, those aren't finger condoms. Those are condoms for your penis. You just have a small penis and she didn't want... She didn't want you to know it. Did you... Did you know that you can also do prostate checks with uh, mouths? With what? <laughs> with a mouse? With a bite you? No, with mouths. <laughs> a human mouth. Well, I never thought of that. <laughs> I can't. I can't reach that far back. You if heard I, the- if I, if next time you're in town, I'll take you out to West Hollywood. There, there's some prostate exams that the guys will do with their mouths out there. Uh- <laughs> What bathhouse? What bathhouse are they doing that in? <laughs> That's where all that AIDS crap started back 50, 60 years ago. I ain't getting near that crap. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, We've gone downhill fast from the Salvation Army. Lord have mercy. <laughs> redemption, redemption. <laughs> yes, we all need that. Um, I certainly do. Okay, there are uh, some amazing questions that people sent in for this next uh, segment called Fanning Out. Fanning Out. Questions from fans. Now, we didn't do this last time. Uh, people have gotten to know you through my podcast and Scissor Bros, and people have grown to like you quite a bit, Dad. That's terrifying. I don't know. I hope I'll not. I try not to let you folk down. I, I certainly consider it an honor and a privilege to come to you this way because I'm having fun. Well, we we love having you on the show. So uh, there's some questions that people sent in. Uh, my buddy, uh, another Strauss, uh, sent in. When Jeremiah was growing up, were there any inside jokes or embarrassing moments between you two that you look back on and laugh on? Oh yeah, of course. The, the one I always think about is we're, we're uh, we literally enjoyed racquetball. In fact, I almost <laughs> I bought, love this story. I almost so bought much. two racquetball rackets yesterday at, at a thrift store. I, I was if I had time, I'd get him back out on a racquetball court because he kicked my butt so bad on the pool table. I'm wanting revenge somewhere. You were playing some good pool last <laughs> night, though. Well, anyway, so anyway, we're we're, we're coming out of our, this is in a fairly nice part of Kansas. City. We went back and forth on pool, by the way. <laughs> and so so we're we're uh, we're walking out of the. Uh, uh, the YMCA. Uh, the YMCA over, I still remember, over Mission Road in the very nice part of town, upper upper middle class all the way. We were and, we were the lowly people at this very upscale <laughs> yes, YMCA. Yes, we, we really didn't Everybody belong. else had the perfect track suits. Oh, we, yeah. They, we went yeah. in in our Walmart sweats and yeah. T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. And we're coming out. We've had a good go work, work out on the court. And uh, I had, you know, part of aging, I don't see, it seems like uh, the gas problems increase with age. And anyway, I'm walking out, and as we go walk down the front steps in front of the building, I ripped off a big one. I mean, I just ripped one off. And so I I had just seen that that the ad about the Grey Poupon was kind of making the rounds back in those days, mm-hmm. you know, asking for the Grey Poupon from the limo. And I think that was probably Wayne's World. That where they did that, probably. I yeah. think it, it had a big influence <laughs> on me. So uh, anyway, I ripped one off, and I looked over at Jeremiah, and I said, "Potter Dawn," and a gentleman was walking in the in the the fitness center as I was walking down. I did that, and he looked at me like I was the most disgusting <laughs> creature in the whole world. <laughs> well, how I remember it was was we were coming out of the YMCA, and this guy in a perfectly like oh. brand new Adidas like oh, yeah. like suit. He, he was tricked out. He was ready to to work out. Very rich gentleman. We we're exiting. We're laughing like a couple of kids, and Dad rips a huge fart. And the thing that made it funny. 
is the is right after he did it, rather than say pardon to me, he looked straight in the rich guy's eyes and he goes, pardon. <laughs> and then we kept walking along. If looks could have killed, I would be a dead man. He, he, he was pretty, very disgusted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this one comes from Andrew R. Cox, 1984. What's your favorite holiday memory with me? Oh, man, holidays were big. Anything, any holiday was a big event. Our favorite, undoubtedly, was we'd jump in the car and head for Des Moines, Iowa, and, and go and see. My, I dearly loved my in-laws. Uh, when I first met them, I, I was kind of thought I was better, kind of a little higher class and everything, because these people were, they were blue collar, and, and they weren't skinny and pretty and beautiful. And I learned to love them, and in spite of the fact that they were obese and, and weren't maybe the smartest or the brightest or the richest, I fell in love with the family and had a delightful experience with my my father-in-law called Big Pop. And so my greatest memories was headed to Des Moines, Iowa, and, and uh, taking them all up there to see Nana and Big Pop and spend a holiday up there for Christmas, Easter, New Year, whatever. We got up there at least four or five times a year. Yeah, I love I love all of our Iowa memories together. Mm-hmm. A lot of good ones. Big Pop loved you. Oh my goodness, you. Oh, I gotta tell. I gotta tell. Yeah, I, I had a problem. I'd, I'd, I'm a pretty active guy, and I'd, I'd had a bad fall. I was, and in the process of the fall, to keep from hitting my smack in my face, which I try to guard my face, I threw my arms out in front of me, and, and my right arm landed heavily on the concrete. And I boogered it was my, ice. Ice. It was I ice. I boogered my elbow up pretty bad. It was so, so, so swollen. It was kind of swollen. It looked like a blue-footed <laughs> booby egg that was coming out the bottom of his left elbow. It didn't look pretty by any means, but... And, uh, and I would so what I would kind of embellish it a little bit by I would grab it just right and squeeze it kind of like a it looked well it looked like a genitalia really. it looked like a, a testicle was hanging from one of his elbows and he would squeeze the excess dry skin because my dad would never lotion or moisturize no, back in the day because that. he thought it was gay I don't believe this <laughs> we don't do those so things. he would squeeze it and, and then continue it looked kind of like a disgusting clitoris I don't know what but so Big Pop now, here's this man that weighs 400 pounds. He hadn't seen his feet for 20 years. And and, and he says, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, we, it's funny, the little things in life that you get a kick out of. Oh, so, so funny. Oh, my goodness. Um, this one comes from, oh, this is a local reference. Never forgive action. Best dildos, Seventh Heaven or Cirilla's? Um, I'm into making my own. <laughs> I think homemade dildos are the best. You, you literally can shape them however you want them if you make your own. Well, a homemade dildo is just a penis. What's that? A homemade dildo is just a penis. Well, I, <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't ever. I don't think of it that way. I mean, I'm not into penises, but you know, there's no, you know. Well, are, are you into dildos? Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm not addicted. <laughs> means but there there are just times when when you know i I, let's put it this way i I, i'm i don't think i'm even partly gay but i understand the the the, uh, let's put it this way i just came back from a cruise and i would get in the hot tub 
before sunrise. Yeah. I'd be the only one up there. Yeah. This is when they're still scrubbing the deck and everybody's in sleep and I'm up there before daylight and I'm up in the hot tub. There's some jets in that hot tub, man. If you if you lay just right, I mean it's it's almost like a spiritual experience. You'll 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 almost say, let's put it this way. If my wife died, <laughs> you you would get married to a I, hot I, tub. <laughs> if, if no, so let me finish. I would I would buy a Harley, and on the back of that Harley, I'd have a little trailer, and I'd have a hot tub on the back. I'd be getting me a hot tub the day she died. Yeah, I wouldn't need a wife. You I'd like just the, give me a hot tub. You like anal jets? Well, yeah, they're nice. <laughs> they're very nice. <laughs> they're very nice. There yeah. you go. Uh, this one comes from on Instagram. Abel underscore the ombre. What's the scariest moment in your life, and how did you overcome it? I've had lots of them. Well, the scariest is a, a controlled fear. I mean, so there's scary and there's terror when you don't know what's going to happen next. Um, I've had a scary moment when I went to an open concert. Uh, in fact, it was uh, Sly, Sister Sledge, I think it was. Sly and the Family Stone? Maybe or Sly Sister and the Family Stone. Yeah. Uh, here in Kansas City, they did an outdoor concert. There was a, a gentleman, he wasn't a gentleman, but he was standing up in front of us blocking our view. And so people told him, sit down, sit down. And he ignored them. And somebody threw some ice at him from a cup. And he turned around with a gun in his hand and started waving the gun and pointed it back our direction. My sister and I were there, and I made my mind up. I'm an old Marine. I said, if they're going to shoot me, they're going to shoot me in the butt. And I grabbed her, and I said, crawl out. So we crawled out on our hands and knees while everybody else just kind of freaked. And I ruined a pair of slacks. I remember with grass stain and literally tore my slacks getting out of there. But I, I made my mind up if I was going to get shot, I was going to get shot in the butt. Yeah. That was pretty terrifying. Now, control terror is jumping out of an airplane going 121 mile an hour for 30 seconds. Yeah, you've done before that. The, before the, you pop the chute. That's that's terror, but it's control terror because you know the outcome is going to be Was good. your thumb accident up there for one of the scariest? Or uh, was no, it, your thumb accident, shot? No, my thumb accident, there was no pain. When my thumb was severed, I remember walking. So, out show, your, so show the camera. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I can't hitchhike real like I used to. I, they drop me off halfway there. They, I never make it all the way where I'm going. They just take me halfway and drop me off. So. That is a real freaking man. My dad's missing half of his thumb. <laughs> so, but, but I have a lot of fun with children because anywhere you go, kids are the first. Oh, what did you do to your thumb? The, the the grown-ups, they see it. They're nice enough not to say anything. They don't ask you because they say, hey, idiot, cut his thumb off. But, no, the kids always want to know the details. But, anyway, yeah, that was uh, scary. But there were, the pain is torture is controlled pain. Absolute pain, your body goes shuts down. It goes into shock. I, I did not feel any pain at all. I was numb. Right. And I walked out, and I told his mother, my wife at the time, I said, honey, I've cut my thumb off. We need to go to the doctor. We need to go to the hospital. And she, ah! and well, and I had to go find my thumb. Well, it was wedged in the saw, and I had to back the blade out with my other hand to get my thumb out. So I got my thumb out, put it on ice. Don't ever put it on ice, by the way, folks. They say don't put it under your armpit. Keep it body temperature. Don't put it on ice. That's the latest. If you cut your thumb off, but I'd prefer you not to cut your thumb off. Right. So that was pretty scary. So if you're thinking about cutting your thumb off up there, don't put it on ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's scary. Holy sh! Wow. Holy shnikes. Um, somebody was asking, uh, I forget uh, where it was exactly. Um, this one comes from, oh, it, uh, Zach dot underscore hacker. Is there a particular moment that comes to mind where you were incredibly proud of Jeremiah? 
Well, I can't isolate any one thing because what this man has done with his life, my the the greatest certainly, his greatest achievement is is probably. I'm sure the career is important, but I think his greatest achievement is the beautiful woman that he married, who augments him, supplements him, backs him up, makes him the man he is. No man is an island. No, no success is never a one-man show. Behind every successful man, there's a, there are other people or another person. And so Maya is a very special part of his life. But then giving me a grandson, that's also been one of the great, exciting, wonderful moments of my life. And then I'm proud of the fact that uh, he got more education than I did. I did not even get an associate's. He got a degree. Then he put two years into uh, uh, another uh, discipline. He disciplined himself uh, for two years at the Comedy Central, I guess it is. Is that correct? What? At the Comedy, you got a two-year apprenticeship, basically, at the Comedy Store. The the Comedy Store? Mm-hmm. Didn't you do a two-year thing there to get on? on oh, uh, the Second City. Second City. The Second City. So you city. did a two-year gig there to, yeah, get, on, yeah. to get on staff. Yeah. And uh, there's been, I just, uh, I, I, at this point, uh, the trajectory of his career and his success and his life is just, it's all been a blessing. And it's, it's, I, I'm thrilled to have this tiny, tiny little investment in it. So I just, he makes me proud in so many ways. And now his head's going to be so big, you can't even clear the doorway when we leave here. So that's okay, too. No, that felt really nice. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, somebody was asking about, um, I forget uh, where this comes from. Oh, a lot of people want to know what's going on with the screen protector on your phone. Do you, are you aware that that's the wrong uh, screen protector on your iPhone? Yes, the the snotty little gal at the phone store told me that when we had, we had to reactivate my phone because I lost my new phone. She said it's too small. Well, guess what? My penis may be too small, but it works, right? So, you know, so it works. So it works. So, so, so who cares what size it is if it works? I remember seeing your penis as a kid, and it was quite large. <laughs> well, but see, when you're little, I wonder, from what I've read, a, a child always thinks his father's penis is big because his is, of course, smaller. But I, I think lighting lighting helps. I, things always look bigger in the darks. So I, I never make love in, in light. I always keep it dark as ace of spades. It's pitch black in the bedroom. I don't. I <laughs> well, the way the way you're talking about it makes it sound like I only saw it in the dark. I saw it in broad daylight when when no, I. No, but would... I'm saying for my wife, I oh, make sure oh, she, oh, she gotcha. didn't ever see it in the daylight. Gotcha. We, we don't ever let her see it in the daylight. Oh yeah. Uh, people were wanting to know um, uh, your favorite. Uh, handgun or your favorite rifle well of course the one that everybody calls an assault rifle is really bullshit because it's not it's a it's a semi-automatic assault right truly um, a military rifle is an automatic weapon it'll fire you pull the trigger hold the trigger one time and it'll burst out a round of 20 shells in a two seconds that's military that's automatic they're illegal it's it, it takes a five thousand dollar permit and a, a very thorough background check to own an automatic weapon in this country anyone 21 years of age that doesn't have a felony or a history of any kind of abuse can buy a semi-automatic 223 rifle uh bush whether it be bushmaster there are a number of good brands uh, they're great for self-defense my philosophy is bad guys never show up by themselves i'm going to have a gun that shoots more than one bullet because there are going to be more than one bad guy so if there's a half a dozen bad guys Guess what? I've got a little 22. I do my favorite weapon I just bought for my wife. The 9mm hurts her hand because she's had hand surgery. I found a little 22 Magnum Keltec, 30 shot clip. So you got 30 chances to make sure you hit something. And uh, it's a 22 Magnum, the little 22 Mag. In fact, the, the uh, mafia's weapon of ch- uh, choice for uh, assassination for killing somebody is a 22. 
Because it's, it's so just, quiet? Well, it's not. It doesn't penetrate both sides of the head. It goes in the head, then just rattles around in your head, and you're dead. It doesn't oh. go off the other side. The bullet stays in the head. That's why they shoot you. They'll walk up behind you, pop you behind the ear of the twenty two, and the bullet stays in, inside oh, the head. Oh, that's interesting. So the twenty two is a deadly weapon, and and kids, we grew up with twenty twos. Uh, any kid that's anybody my age in their fifties or sixties, as a child or a teenager, probably had a twenty two rifle if they lived in the country or small town. What kind of gun did you have uh, when you were washing your car that one time when that guy almost mugged you? Uh, that was a because that uh, was like four o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm washing my car. This is in a fairly decent part of town, just a couple blocks from where I lived, and uh, I had just for I. I was washing a car, getting ready to show, and I stuck a, a, a revolver in my pocket. It was a forty-five revolver, <coughs> and I had the handle sticking out of my coat. A guy walks up behind me and says, uh, hey, you want to buy an X-rated uh, videotape? African-American guy, pretty rough-looking guy. I turned around. When I turned around, he saw the uh, – I'm not on the African-Americans, by the way. I love them dearly. It's <laughs> not <laughs> my favorite people, but he was not my favorite person. We'll, as to, I, as we'll, I, to, we'll have to do an edit of every time you say African-American in this podcast and put it back to that. <laughs> as, as I turned, he saw the handle of my – revolver and he disappeared he he his, he left his car running he, that car was gone within two seconds there was no car at the car wash well you, yeah you well you said uh originally if i recall the story that he didn't really announce himself at first he just walked up on me yeah, the, yeah and I you turn around i turned around and there he was and and when i turned uh he's he's had already kind of got his little stick ready to go and hey would you like to buy a CD uh, a, a, at that time VHS tapes this is back in the 80s right. would you like to buy a, a, a videotape and he saw the handgun and he didn't he was gone did you ever buy porn on VHS no uh, no porn this is before computers I mean there was porn on VHS and, you know there was porn uh, but it was um, the, the th- magazines I mean you had Playboy Penthouse and all that kind of stuff so really uh, the VHS porn really didn't happen that long before DVDs. Yeah. So really, it was magazines. If you think about it. Did you Pen- have a favorite magazine? Well, does <laughs> 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 every man, every man. I'm sad to say, and I'm not proud of it, but of course, Playboy. Playboy is considered. Uh, and of course, Jay Leno had a great comment. He says, "Victoria's Secret is porn for Christian guys." Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, that's Jay Leno. And but yeah, mine was K- mine was Kmart and J.C. Penney when I was a kid. <laughs> well, I was blown away I was by the bra kid. section. Oh, when there was a kid, is Sears Roebuck? Oh, definitely. The, the underwear section is Sears you, Roebuck. Did you used to jerk off to Sears? Well, now we're getting personal. I like Sears as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the Sears Roebuck. Me and my cousin Danny, we we found. Would you it. go out to the woods in Mississippi? Well, they had a two holer. We had a we had a toilet that was had two holes. A double. Wait, wait, wait. What is that? A two holer? You never heard of a two hole toilet? I've never heard of well, it. What are you out, talking about? Outhouse. An outhouse. Uh, there were outhouses that would have one hole, and then the luxury outhouses had you could take a crap side by side. So, yeah. they Oh, yeah. Outhouses had two holes, two places to sit. You would sit next to your buddy? Yeah, well, or whoever. While you were looking at him? Well, there were, you didn't face him. You sat side by side. Wait, wait, like you and I are sitting? Yeah. No yeah. divider? No divider. 
Oh. You, you just take dumps like you and I just yeah. sitting right here. Yeah. Like if you and I pooped well, our hey, pants right try now. Try going to the Marine Corps. You'll go to a room with 80 people and sit on a stool together. Oh, because it's all lined it's up? All, and... It's all open. Heck yeah, I couldn't take a crap. When I went to the Marine Corps, I couldn't. I'd, I would go poop at 11 o'clock at night. Because of the I couldn't stage do it. fright. I couldn't do it. I couldn't yeah. sit down with 80 guys, 60 guys, however many. They'd divide the platoon in two. They'd, they'd get about 40 guys into a crapper. Yeah. No stools, no latrines. Just stools, and you, you you did your business with everybody else sitting there too. That's a lot of pressure. We talk about it. I couldn't function. Yeah. Now I can do it. Now I can whiz it. I could whiz in front of the king. Now it wouldn't matter. I could yeah. get old. You don't care. <laughs> uh, Notch 7 on Twitter says, "How did you feel when you first saw Jeremiah and you realized your wife must have had an affair with a toucan bird?" <laughs> <laughs> What's a toucan bird? Is that one of those big with the big beaks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've always wondered about that. A bit. <laughs> have you? Have you? Have you always? Have you always wondered if, uh, if if mom saw a mailman or a milkman when well, you were there? Well, there's, there's a funny story about that. There's there's a tell stories told about a woman that's in labor. She's going through a rough time, and and so, but her husband doesn't seem at all disturbed. And so there's some good people from the church that are concerned. This is back in the day when they had the midwives and didn't have the birth in the home. And, and so they started this. Let's begin to have prayer. And they said, oh, God, bring some pressure. Lay some burden on the husband. Lay some burden on the father. And they kept praying. And the old boy's reading the paper. He's got his feet up on the ottoman. He's, you know, he's listening to the radio. He ain't worried at all. And they kept praying, oh, Lord, bring some, bring some heat. Bring some pressure. Bring some pressure on the, on the, on the, the man that brought this baby into the world. And they looked outside, and the mailman was dead on the front step. <laughs> so, so no, I, I don't think Jeremiah was the mailman. I, I, I think I'll, I'll take credit for it. I, I'll gladly take credit. Yeah, because people are, are wondering why your nose is so small compared to mine. I think uh, my dad, my father had a fairly prominent probis guy. Yeah, he did. Grandpa, your grandpa had a pretty good. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember when Grandpa called me his little fart head? <laughs> <laughs> He called Jonathan some kind of name too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he called my my grandpa out of nowhere. He hugged me. He's like, "Hey, how's my little fart head doing?" I was like, "What? I barely talked to you, dude. Why are you calling me a fart head?" Uh, some people are asking for for this. Um uh and and I want to 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 know this as well just cuz I want documentation of this. You have some classic, I don't know where the jokes came from. Uh, that that you told me they're kind of street jokes, but uh, I want you to tell a couple of your classic jokes that you um, that, that that you told about some like some of them are the delivery room jokes with with the. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? They're not. They're they're kind of sad. Well, well, the one the the mother they didn't bring the child to the mother after the birth, and the mother said, "Why don't you brought my baby?" He said, "Well." We got a problem with the baby. And, and they said, well, no, I, I want to see my baby. She's crying. Well, I want to see my new baby. He says, well, your baby, uh, it has no legs. Oh, no, she's going to cry profusely. Oh, no, what could be worse than that? It has worse. It has no arms. Oh, no, what could be worse than that? Oh, no. He says, it's, it's got a, teeth like giant fangs, <laughs> like hooks, <laughs> like a... <laughs> Oh no! It can't be worse. Yeah, it's worse. It's got a six-foot-long penis. <laughs> oh my goodness! What am I going to do with a baby like that? Well, you might could use it for a rake. 
Uh, I feel bad every time I tell that joke. <laughs> You've got a couple of those street jokes. I don't know where you, where you learned them from, but uh, some some of those jokes that you uh, always have killed me. They, there, there's don't. another mother that had a baby. You want oh, to hear the other one? Yeah, what there's happened? One, one more. Okay. This 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 mother that said we can't we can't even bring your baby out to you. And she says, "Oh no!" So she says, "Your baby is just one big giant eye." <laughs> And I said, oh my, that's terrible. It can't be any worse than that. It is. What's that? It's blind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have an? Uh, we're about to wrap up here in a second, but uh, do you have any um, shares that you uh, stories that you want to share uh, of? Um, Grandma had this cat or dog story in the Cayman Islands. Uh, I don't know if you recall. Uh, she ran over my dog. <laughs> yeah, can you tell that story? <laughs> you know, that just happened. I mean, you lived out in the country, you know, you had a pet, and it chased cars, and one day it didn't win, you know? I, <laughs> so, <laughs> so no, there's my dog was named Spot, and they ran over it. But now my favorite story is my sister had a little pet, pet hen, and she loved this chicken. And the chicken would go over in the neighbor's yard and get in the neighbor's garden. And the neighbor warned my mom. He said, "Now you better keep your your kit your chicken out of my my garden because I'm going to shoot it." I'm gonna, and so, sure enough, the chicken went over and got in the garden. He shot it. He brought the chicken back over to us, and we, mom cooked it for Sunday dinner. And I still remember my sister sitting there weeping while she while we all ate her chicken. <laughs> Uh, that is so messed up. True story. Oh my goodness! That was the Cayman Islands back in the fifties. That must have been so cool to grow up in the Cayman it Islands as a kid. It was. It was. Did paradise. it feel like a like a oh. little adventure? Oh, like was it ever? Ev- every day. Now my life. That's why I have to. I'm. A, I'm an explorer. I'm an adventurer. I have to have adventure. I grew up that way. We're down in. You'll get this. We're down in the Saint Kitts. We just came back from a cruise. While everybody else is standing around waiting to go on this little river raft, you know, where you get in inner tubes, basically, glorified inner tubes, and go down the river and the rapids and all that. And I noticed on the ground there are almonds. Well, I grew up around almonds, and, uh, of course, these weren't almonds that are shelled. So I just found a rock, and there's a rock that's embedded in the ground. I found another rock, and I started picking up almonds and, and, and started cracking almonds right there. So I started, I, had, I passed out almonds to tourists that had never eaten. They'd eaten them certainly from the store where they buy them, but they'd never seen one cracked before. And like in the raw, like cracked raw. like that, so yeah. I, so I fed them raw almonds. I, I probably had a half a dozen different people just, ooh on about the fact that uh, that they're eating almonds so yeah so no the Cayman Islands in the 50s were fantastic it was paradise what um, uh, you and Danny cousin Danny uh, are almost started that fire in, uh, in well Mississippi we didn't almost start a fire we burned off enough acreage they had to bring a bulldozer out from his from Meridian Mississippi to, to bulldoze around the fire so oh, how did yeah. that happen well, Danny and I always loved fire. We, we 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 just we just would like to throw a match down and we'd stomp it out. Well, one day we threw a match down. We threw a match down, and uh, the wind came up, and it got away from us. And all of a sudden, now we have a major fire going, and the dad's dad's fishing about a oh probably a couple hundred yards away, and he hears us yelling for him, and he comes running back, and he can't find the keys, and he dad wore cover also, he couldn't find his car keys, and the, the fire was just about to get to the car, and he finally fumbled around, got the keys out, and moved the car at the last minute, 
But uh, long story short is uh, uh, the fire got out of control. My, if I hadn't had a relative that owned the land, we probably would have done some time in juvie. But uh, we were, uh, we were, so we started the fire, and then we ran away. We ran How away. many acres would you say? Uh, a number of acres, enough for them to have to, to bulldoze. bulldoze the, uh, around like a mm-hmm. circle? Uh, well, at least a block off where it was burning. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. crazy. Yeah, so I've been I've been blessed to not go to jail for some of the crazy things I've done, but those were different times, different days. Uh, somebody asked uh, the craziest uh, car selling story you've ever had. Hmm, car selling story, man. Gosh, well, my my favorite, and uh, again, uh, back to <laughs> I guess my theme. I. Part of my, my deal is I, I feel like I'm part African-American because I grew up with... with, with well, you grew the, up in the Cayman Islands. I was in the Cayman Islands. Yeah. So part of me, that's my culture. It's my background. So anyway, I'm, I'm selling cars at, at uh, a car, de- car dealership uh, back in the 80s. Royals are hotter than a firecracker. That's when we had the I-70. Uh, no, I take that back. Uh, that was before then. That was when they were hot the first time. Yeah, 85 was the World Series, yep. yeah. Uh, and uh, so anyway, uh, but this was even before then, uh, an African-American gentleman came on the showroom floor, and he's looking at, the, these are back when they were, Nissans were Datsuns. Datsun 280ZX was hotter than a firecracker. Black guy comes on the floor, he's looking at cars. Open floor, you didn't have to wait on anybody if you didn't want to, so nobody wanted to wait on the guy. Well, people are people. I woke up, walk up to him, and he said, I'm Willie Wilson's uh, agent, and he wants to buy a 280ZX. I said, well, if he's going to buy one, you need to get in one and drive one so you can tell him how it drove. So we go for a test drive, and I come back, and I told my buddies what happened. They said, oh, that's a bunch of BS. That guy just wanted to get a ride in a Z. Two weeks later, here they came. Willie Wilson, all six foot six, with one of the best base stealing baseball players that ever lived. I don't think anybody broke his record for stolen bases. And uh, he uh, came in about a 280ZX from me. That was my favorite car story. That's awesome. That's a good one. Yep. Well, Dadu, uh, I love you so much. And uh, <laughs> fun. I, I, I like that this has uh, become a little bit of a tradition between you and I uh, to catch up uh, doing podcasts. And um, uh, maybe we can close out the podcast by singing to Steve an encore <laughs> of uh, the Korean song. Yes, Steve, Steve. All right, ready? Oh, yeah, here we go. We love you cause you're Korean. We respect you, Kwangsu. <laughs> Do you remember the lyrics? <laughs> I don't remember the lyrics. We love you because you're Korean. Yeah, we we love, respect you, Kwangsu. Kwang-Hoo. Let's try it again. We, we love you because you're Korean. We respect you, Kwangsu. <laughs> Love you, Dad, dude. Thanks so Later. much. Thanks, guys. God bless. And any any words of wisdom before we go? Peace and love. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Love your wife. Love your significant other. Love uh, the stranger in the street. And give to charity. And uh, be a giving person. Bye bye. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> hey, Dad. What are you doing back there? I'm checking this plywood. It looks like it needs a little alignment. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Are you taking a pee pee? <laughs> That's, that's the privilege of having property. <laughs> I'm the property owner here. <laughs>